0: On Change the World with Matt McQuindler today, we'll be discussing mental health issues. If you or anyone you know needs help, please call. Lifeline on 131114. Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Suicide Callback Service on 1300 If you are in immediate danger, call 000.
1: Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hi, and welcome to Change the World with Matt McQuinley. We're continuing our series on mental health and mental illness. If you missed the previous four shows, I urge you to check them out on our Facebook page, which is Change the World with Matt McQuinley. M-C-Q-U-I-N-L-E-Y. While you're there, please check out our eight-part series on leadership with myself, who's had various leadership positions, and Gwen Meyer, NeuroChange Master Trainer and Performance Coach. And also our four-part series on policing with Derek McManus, 42-year veteran of the Elite Star Group with the South Australian Police Department, and my father, 27-year veteran of the Aurora Police Department in Chicagoland. Today, we're going to discuss a mental condition that affects 1% of people worldwide. Some people who have struggled with schizophrenia are Sid Barrett, founder of Pink Floyd, Peter Green, founder of Fleetwood Mac, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, Jack Kerouac, the poet and writer, Mary Todd Lincoln, wife of Abraham Lincoln, Edward Einstein, son of Albert Einstein, Zelda Fitzgerald, wife of F. Scott Fitzgerald, John Nash, famous scientist and Nobel Prize winner, Vincent van Gogh, famous artist, Betty Page, famous model, and Isaac Newton, the great scientist. According to the Treatment and Advocacy Center, schizophrenia is a chronic and severe neurological brain disorder estimated to affect over 1.1% of the population globally. Some of the symptoms include delusions and hallucinations, alterations of the senses, an inability to sort and interpret incoming sensations, and an inability, therefore, to respond appropriately, an altered sense of self and changes in emotions, movements, and behavior. Psychotic disorders nearly always emerge in the late adolescence or early childhood, with onset peaking between the ages of 18 and 25. Psychotic breaks are not as they seem abrupt, but rather are the climax of a long buildup over time where changes of the brain that begin as much as a decade before come to fruition. The subject usually surrenders to delusions, paranoia, hallucinations, or other forms of disordered thinking. Another symptom of schizophrenia is the inability of patients with schizophrenia to sort and interpret stimuli and select appropriate responses, which is one of the major hallmarks of the disease. Symptoms of schizophrenia are broken down into three different types. There are what they call positive symptoms, which are hallucinations, delusions, thought disorders, and movement disorders, such as agitated body movements. There are what's called negative symptoms, which are the flat effect, which means that there's a reduced expression of emotions via facial expressions or vocal tone, etc., Reduced feelings of pleasure in everyday life and difficulty beginning and sustaining activities and reduced speaking. There are also cognitive symptoms, poor executive functioning, the ability to understand information and use it to make decisions, trouble focusing on or paying attention, and problems with working memory, the ability to take information immediately after learning it and applying it. Schizophrenia is a diagnosis of a host of symptoms and is oftentimes very difficult to diagnose. Precise diagnosis is of utmost importance because it determines the appropriate treatment for the patient and provides the patient and family with informed prognosis. There is no cure for schizophrenia, but it is highly treatable. About 80% of the people who stop taking their medication with schizophrenia, however, will have an acute episode within one year, so it's key for them to continue taking their medications. Individuals with schizophrenia die at a much younger age than healthy people. Suicide is the single largest contributor to this excess mortality rate, which is 10 to 13% higher in schizophrenia than the general population an estimated 10 to 13% of people suffering from schizophrenia take their own lives. The good news is because of advances in medicine, public education and tolerance, we have never been better equipped to help and treat the individuals suffering from schizophrenia. To that end, we have on the phone today, David Moran, who is the executive director of the Mental Health Partners Corporation which delivers high-quality mental health first aid training to both organizations and individuals. David Moran is a father of two, a grandfather to two as well, and has a passion for helping others. He owns and manages a family business and mental health education. He has over 40 years experience running a small business in South Australia, from being an owner-operator all the way up to national and international companies. David has trained over 3,000 people in mental health and has used mental health skills to save the lives of many South Australians. David lives and works to a guiding set of personal principles, which are described as, I know that I will be better as those around me are better. David has certificates in mental health first aid, senior first aid, small business management, information technology, recruitment, Hospitality and Franchise Management. So David, welcome to the show. Yeah,
3: thanks Matt. Thanks for the nice introduction and hello to all your listeners. The first thing to realize with schizophrenia, and I think you did a very good summation of it earlier, is that schizophrenia is is normally identified as the loss of some contact with reality. Now, Only a very, very small percentage of people with schizophrenia will lose all contact with reality, and that that percentage is so small that it's less than 1% of all people with schizophrenia will have lost all contact with reality. So the things that people are going to be looking for to identify whether or not a loved one or a friend or a work colleague might be slipping into a psychotic illness, especially schizophrenia, is if they're saying things that don't match with the reality that we all share. Today, the sun's out, it's warming up because we're halfway through August, the birds are singing, cars are driving down the road if you live in Adelaide, and we all share these realities. But somebody with a a psychotic illness, like schizophrenia, might be seeing all of those things, but then they might have something else going on. They might be hearing other voices talking to them that we can't see. They might be seeing things, people, objects that we can't see. They could be tasting things that are not there. They could be smelling things that are not there. Or they could actually be experience the the sense of touch. I know a man who says that he was attacked by dogs and it was extremely scary. He could feel the dogs attacking them him, but he later came to realise those dogs weren't actually a part of everybody else's reality. But he could actually feel it. So if one of your loved ones friend or colleague is saying things, telling you that, you know, oh, can you see that man hiding behind the bush and you can't see it? Or can you hear that strange voice and you can't hear it? That's normally the first indications that somebody might be slipping into a psychotic illness.
1: Wow. Is it that late? I mean, there's no warning signs before that?
3: There can be. There can be other signs. So one of the the things that we talk to people about is thinking difficulties. So as people are slipping into psychotic illnesses, they start to have trouble concentrating, thinking about things that you're talking about. But quite often that's very difficult for people to pick up on. You know, normally it's put it down to, oh, they were just a bit distracted today, or, yeah, I think they might need to get their ears checked or something like that. But it's really, really important if we notice those types of things in our loved ones, especially in our young people, if suddenly they're a bit more distracted, their school grades might be dropping, they might have been a really energetic person playing lots of sport, but they're starting to move away from that, it's important that we ask them what that's about. And we don't accuse them of anything, but we just ask them, can you explain to me why that's happening for you? Because it's very, very difficult, especially for young people to share these sorts of feelings with others. One of the other things that you can look for is one of the things that you mentioned, and that's a blunted or inappropriate effect. So how we would describe that is... You're talking to somebody and there might have been a joke told. And the person who would normally think that's pretty hilarious just stands there and doesn't react. Because the reason they're not reacting is not that they don't think you're funny. It's just that they've got so many thoughts going on inside their head that they can't actually concentrate on humour. And humour is an extremely difficult concept to get. And if people are starting to slip into a psychotic disorder, it's one of the first things that will happen is they'll lose their sense of humor. Mm. They'll lose their ability to concentrate. And normally that leads to, especially with the young, social withdrawal. So a person who normally is out playing all the sport, taking part in all the activities, will start to be spending more time on their own, more time in their room, more time with doors shut around them because they simply are having trouble concentrating on everything that's happening to them.
1: Wow. There's a whole bunch there to unpack. I mean – I didn't want to interrupt you with questions, but a little bit off the topic, I just realized, you know, I do stand-up comedy myself as well as the business consulting and public speaking. And, sure. and I just realized that I think a lot of my audiences when I'm doing the stand-up might be suffering from early stages of schizophrenia because very <laughs> few people laugh.
3: <laughs> well, I don't want to say anything about the quality of your no, your, uh, your comedy, man. Yeah, yeah, I didn't
1: want to interrupt you and, and make yeah. light of a serious topic, yeah. but I figured, hey, it, some it of this is stuff true. is a little heavy, so I think I should probably yeah. make a little yeah, bit of light it here. It is
3: true that if, you, if you're used to a certain group of people around you reacting in a certain way, and they start not to do that, uh-huh. that's something definitely I would be asking them about yeah. because you don't know what might be happening for them. Sorry,
1: well, go I, I, sorry. No, go you ahead. go. No, no, no I, I, you're the guest. They, everyone wants to hear from you, not me. <laughs> go for it.
3: Yeah, so I was talking to a gentleman today whose brother is quite unwell, and he said the first thing that he noticed was that he started to not be able to look after himself. Huh. So the sort th- of things he was telling me about was we would notice that he would go for a whole week without showering. Wow. We would notice that he wouldn't take rubbish out of the kitchen. It would all be like, it wasn't like a big mess everywhere. It was all bagged neatly. And you know, quite often he would tag it so we know what it was but it wasn't leaving the room. And when he asked his brother about that, he said the reason he's not going into the bathroom to shower is because there's somebody in there watching him. And the reason he's not taking the bins, the rubbish, out of the kitchen is the same reason. When he goes out the back door to put the, the small bags of rubbish into the big bin... He can see people looking at him. Wow. And those people are scary to him.
1: Yeah, of course. And
3: so he doesn't want to do it.
1: I, one but thing it was that, only became... I'm sorry. One, one thing that I would really like to underline that you said before that sounded so important to me is that when you're talking to somebody that you think might have a problem, it's important to not be confrontational or perceived as critical or uh, or negative. I mean, it's, hey, gosh, I noticed this. What's going on, buddy? You know, that kind of an approach yeah. versus, you know, why did you do that? Why did you do this? Why did rather than an interrogation, you need to yeah, make yeah. the person feel comfortable. And the other thing really that jumped out at me that I'd like to address here in the few seconds we have left is it sounded like, uh, from my understanding, schizophrenia, especially in males, appears in, in their... Like last few years of high school and university, in that time frame, okay, and that is the time where the kids, where the young adults, are closing their doors all the time, like you were saying, who are you know kind of withdrawing from their parents anyway. So that's that that would be difficult to diagnose then, I would think.
3: Yeah, look, it's a really important point, and this is one of the things we end up talking with people a lot about the. Normal onset of a schizophrenic disorder or a psychological disorder is between 15 and 30, but it's highly weighted to the younger sign. Mm. It's a lot more common in males than females, yeah. and the answer to why, we don't know. Uh. But we do know that it's more common in males. So okay. picture a say 16 to 17-year-old male who is coming home from school and doesn't really want to talk to his parents?
1: And that's every one of them. Normal. Yeah. Well, with that, we have to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, sure. and we'll jump right back into it with David Moran.
2: An important announcement: the Radio Italia Uno Gala Ball, set down for Saturday evening, the twenty-eighth of August, at the Marque Club, has been postponed due to COVID restrictions. But despite the difficulties, our community radio station is determined the event will go ahead once we lock in another date. And when we do, you will be the first to know. Our gala ball is one of the station's major fundraising events. We thank you for your ongoing support. Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.
0: Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Italia Uno and you will receive a free 250-gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates teas, and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. I'm Anna Faruja of Chapel Funerals. My role as a funeral director is to guide you through the emotional process of saying goodbye to someone you love. I'm here to help you make all the necessary arrangements so that you and your family may have peace of mind and time to remember and celebrate the life of the person you've lost. When the time comes, I'm here for you. So please call me, Anna Farrugia, at Chapel Funerals on 81825100.
2: When you enter Chiera and Sons Fresh Market and Joanna's Kitchen, it feels just like home. This four-decade young, iconic South Australian business is situated in the Hollywood Plaza, Salisbury. For fresh fruit and veggies, see Tony and Frank and their wonderful staff, offering the finest produce and fine foods. And specials last all year, like the Millel Pecorono cheese, just $15.99 per kilo when you buy the entire wheel. Support a family-owned business, drop in to their Hollywood Plaza store or call 828-33-155, that's 828 33 welcome to the family. Hi, I'm David Heath, join me each Saturday afternoon from 2pm until 5pm with Saturday Sports Scoreboard, no matter what your sports passion we'll be covering it during our three hours together. I'll be crossing to various sporting events. We'll chat with your favorite sports stars and we'll take your calls. Every Saturday afternoon, 2 until 5, on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.
0: Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia Uno sta cercando te. Chiama l'82-123177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce. Radio Italia
1: 1. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia 1, 87.6 FM. Hello, and welcome back to Change the World with Matt McQuinley. We're here with David Moran, CEO of Mental Health Partners. We're continuing our multiple-part series on mental health issues. And today, we're talking about schizophrenia. So we left off the last session, and we were talking about that some of the warning signals of potential schizophrenia would be withdrawing from the rest of the world. And as we discussed before, usually schizophrenia, especially in males, happens between the ages of 15 and 22, 23, somewhere in there. And of course, that's when young men are closing the door and spending all the time in their room and pulling away from their parents. So can we talk a little bit more about that, the warning signs are, and what we can do to help and figure out what's going on?
3: Yeah, sure. So everything you've said there is true. Young men especially, and between the ages of fifteen and 30 is the most common onset of a psychotic, psychotic illness, especially schizophrenia. And some of the really early, or what we would call the prodromal symptoms, the symptoms that are going to happen to somebody before they actually experience a psychotic episode. So if you picture a 16, 17-year-old boy and you say to the parents, okay, they might be a little bit irritable, they might be having a bit of a change in their appetite, they might have some slightly reduced energy or motivation, a little bit of difficulty concentrating. They might also have some sleep disturbance. They might not be sleeping as well as they normally do. And they might be just isolating themselves a bit more. Most parents are going to say, yeah, that's that's a typical teenager. So it's really, really difficult. It's really difficult. So what we say to parents is, if you start to notice all these things as a group, not just have they been a little bit irritable, one day out of the last 10, but have they been irritable for four to six weeks in a row? Have they been changing their sleep patterns? Have they been really, really unmotivated for that entire period? And it has to be an entire period. Then the absolute best thing you can do for that child is get them to a professional who understands these illnesses, and in Adelaide and in Australia, that best place to take young teenagers is Headspace. You take them there, Headspace, because they're a multidisciplined site where they can check on the physical aspects of the illness, the psychological aspects of the illness, the general wellness of the person. They've got it all in the one spot. And if they decide, yeah, look, there might be the beginnings of something here. Let's run some more tests for that. You go, yippee, we've we've done the right thing and we've, we've got some early attention to something that might be a bit serious. Or if they say, okay, we don't think there's much wrong here. Just keep an eye on him. If you start to get worried in another couple of months, bring him back or bring her back. You go, yippee, we did the right thing. We went and saw professionals and they've eased our mind. So we can just get on with our lives. The, the difficult thing for you and I, Matt, and for other parents, is we're not the professionals. Yeah. We don't have all of that information at our fingertips. So you take the child to somebody who can give you a definitive response. A group of people that are very experienced in looking at these things and they can go, yeah, we're glad you brought this child here. We want to monitor them for a period of time. And that won't be that they get taken out of the home or anything like that. That'll just be some simple monitoring techniques that they'll do and they'll teach you to do. And that way, you're getting the best help the earliest you possibly can and all the research shows that the earlier you get the proper help, the less likely the person is to have a lifelong illness. It becomes more and more likely that they won't have lifelong illness if they get treated early.
1: There's no real cure for schizophrenia, though, is there? I'm when sorry? When, when, there's no real cure for schizophrenia, though. You are, are correct. Are you there is saying no saying cure for- are, you, are you just saying that... that illness can be managed a lot easier for their entire life? Yeah, so
3: typically what we talk about is thirds. So if you think about it this way, it it tends to clarify it for you. So one third of people who have schizophrenia will go on to develop an illness that will seriously affect every part of their behavior, the way they live, every part of their life. It will seriously affect all of it, every day for the rest of their life. So that's one third. Another third of people currently go on to have an illness where they have serious episodes where they don't have good control of themselves and their reality. But Within those episodes, they're very, very unwell, but outside of those episodes, they're quite well. And then another third of people... Currently, go on to have very, very intermittent episodes, perhaps one to less than 10 in their whole life. Wow. And live a perfectly well life in between that.
1: Yeah, but ten, 10 in your whole life is still rough, though. I mean, that's, you know. Oh, yeah, very I mean, Every rough. couple of that, years, that could really, you know, that's every. You one know, of ten. our
3: trainers has had two severe psychotic episodes in his life, and they were awful. And he needed urgent mental health treatment in a properly resourced facility to help him get over that and then he need intensive treatment at home for some time after that to keep him well huh. until they were sure he was past that episode. My cousin had around about 20 episodes of psychosis in his life wow. and every single one of them was awful. but. During his well periods, he was a film producer, a script writer, you know, a very talented man.
1: But what would that do to his personal relationships? I mean, I I mean, yeah, and and a career too, it would just destroy. I mean, as soon as you get a promotion, you'd get it torpedoed.
3: Yeah. So a lot of these people, the ones in the top third that are very unwell a lot of the time are mostly homeless or in jail and can't hold down a job, can't
1: yeah, of course. you know
3: hold down a good relationship with the rest of society because they spend so much time not experiencing the same things as the rest of society experience. But the other two-thirds do live quite well lives. So going back to what I was saying before, the earlier you get somebody help the more likely they are to stay in the bottom third where they have only one or two incidences and the rest of their life they live a very well life
1: well well i
3: cure for schizophrenia no yeah
1: well i i just say, yeah to me i just think people that have it even in the in the third that you know, they have the intermittent episodes. They've got to be people of character to handle that adversity because, I mean, it just seems like whenever things would be sailing around great and then bang, and then you've got to deal with the, you've got to have, you have that issue and then you got to clean it up and then you sail along for a couple of years and bang. Yep. So they've just yep, got to be exactly tough. Right. They got to be tough. They got to be mentally tough people. Yeah, be. incredibly
3: mentally tough people, yeah. incredibly resilient. And most of the time, they're very, very, very attuned
0: to their own
3: illness. They can tell you what's happening to them. They can tell you what scares them, what doesn't, what is going to help them, what is not going to help them. Yeah, most of the time, these people can, can live and communicate extremely well.
1: Well, that's that's I, I I just want to say that I have a lot more respect for people that with that illness personally because it just sounds like you've just got to be a real person of character to make it through, even if you're on yeah. the I, I don't want to say the good end of the spectrum, but I don't know how I don't know how else yeah, to present it. Even you if mean. you know, even mm. if you're got the best managed case, it just sounds like yeah, you've got to definitely mm. be tough. One thing I'd like to bring up here is is a lot of people have a lot of fear when the word schizophrenia is spoken. And there might be some justification for that in that, you know, there's like the son of Sam, he had schizophrenia. John Hinckley Jr., the guy that tried to kill Reagan, was a, had schizophrenia. Ed Gein, the guy that inspired the movie Psycho and Norman Bates and all that. Jeffrey Dahmer had it. So there's a lot of these people that have done these horrible horrible crimes like that have I don't want to say given schizophrenia a bad name because it's not a great thing to have but it's just terrified the general public. Yeah, so it fear. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, what can we do to I guess we we're not dispelling a myth because I mean there is a very 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 small percentage of people that go that route with this disease or illness, yep. but what would you say to people like that that have that fear?
3: Yeah, I'd say fear is justified. There's, there's no point trying to lie to people and say, people with psychotic illnesses never hurt people because that's just not true. It happens, but you also need to know the reality So most of the people you mentioned, in fact, I think all the people you mentioned were in other parts of the world, but here in Australia, I can tell you the figures. So a person with a psychotic illness, whether it be schizophrenia or bipolar disorder with schizophrenia or a a lot of the other psychotic disorders, a person with a psychotic illness is more likely to be injured in a confrontation than to injure somebody else. And less than 10% of all violence perpetrated in Australia has anything to do with a mental illness on its own. Over 90% of violence in Australia is the result of the use of alcohol and other drugs. So do people with schizophrenic illnesses sometimes act out in ways that will injure other people? Yes, that happens. But as you said, it's a very, very small percentage. It's less than 0.1 of 1%. And people need to understand that, yes, if you see somebody who's not clearly not experiencing the same reality as you, you are not the doctor. If you don't feel like you can inject yourself into that person's world and be safe, don't. Nobody's asking you to. That person probably doesn't want you in their world. So recognize the fact that that person needs some help and call for some professional help. Mm. I've had to do that. Others I know have had to do that. And that is the right thing to do. Don't get involved in that person's world because you'll probably make it worse for them and for you.
1: That's a powerful point. Let's... Pick this up after we hear a few words from our sponsors.
0: Yo! Ciao! Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone, delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite, marble, Caesarstone, Unique Stone, Granito, marmo, Caesarstone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone benchtops to your kitchen, bathroom or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent Holden Hill. Call us now. 8266-2280. Unique Stone. We won't be beaten. Come on. Que se facen. Yo. chiama Adesso. O'Brien Electrical
2: Adelaide. Your local electrical electrician service and responsiveness for locally owned and operated businesses their priority. 263 Sturt Street in the city, right alongside of Radio Italia Uno. Give them a call and speak with their friendly staff. Their number 1300 051 482.
1: Join me, Ron Fiedler and Karen Fiedler, each Saturday morning from 9 to 10am for Talking Real Estate. Your guide to real estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts. Plus, report on the Italian property market and let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions.
0: And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my Open Home of the Week
1: on Radio Italia Uno, eighty-seven point six FM, talking real estate every Saturday morning from nine to ten AM. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show.
0: Radio Italia Uno. Sito internet www.italiauno.com.au. Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram. Radio Italia Uno.
1: You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello, and welcome back to Change the World with Matt McQuinley. We're here with David Moran, CEO of Mental Health Partners. And in the little bit of time that we have left, David, I would like to discuss, I'd like to jump back to a discussion we had previously about how even the, the bottom third most healthy people Uh, with schizophrenia the ones that are doing the best managing the disorder are still every few years are going to have a serious episode and I just think about that, and I look at and I, and I just kind of think about that with those people with awe, thinking, "Wow, they're overcoming this obstacle, they're cruising along, great, and then boom, they have that obstacle again, and they're cruising along, and boom, they've got that obstacle again, so every two or three years, it's like they've got to rebuild or pick up the pieces of this catastrophe that occurred in their life, and to me, it seems like it would be so hard for them to have a good support network that would stick with them through all that. So what is available for the loved ones and good friends, relatives, whatever, of somebody with schizophrenia? And yeah, again, I just, I'm just in awe of their ability Hmm. to bounce back after each one of these episodes, which they know are coming and there's nothing they can do to avoid.
3: Yeah. It's a really important point. And talking to a young man who lives with schizophrenia, just yesterday, and he was saying one of the things that he finds helps him is for him to be able to talk to everybody around him, his family, his friends, and let them know how he feels about his schizophrenia. And one of the things he talks about is you don't get a break from it. You might spend long periods feeling very, very well, but you know what's coming, there's no cure. And even if you behave exceptionally well, you see your doctor, you take all your medication, you exercise, you eat well, you practice whatever psychological education skills you've got, you know it's coming. And he, he says this is one of the, the things that's really helped his family learn and be with him, is that he really passionately works on being the best he can be during the good times because he does know what's coming and he knows it's going to be tough and he knows it's going to be difficult for his family. And as long as they are working hard to be the best that they can be while he's well, then it makes it easier for them to deal with what they know are going to be very difficult moments for him. And this is, The other reason that I always talk about mental health first aid and the need for everybody to be trained because the reality is you are ten times more likely to encounter a person with a mental illness than you are with a physical illness and yet 45% of adult Australians have had some physical first aid training, 45%. And less than five percent of adult Australians have had any mental health training. So that's why I'm out there every day giving people this information so that they can feel better about themselves and their partners, their friends, people they know with these illnesses and really help.
1: Wow. I could see why you would feel that's a mission. That's 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 amazing. An amazing statistic. Mm-hmm. I just want to reiterate two big takeaways that I got from today for our audience. One is the deep respect that I have now for people with schizophrenia, when they've got this sword of Damocles hanging over their head, and they still get up every day and live their best life and try to be the, the best of their best selves. And the second thing is, is the point you just made that, gosh, as a society, we need to really start focusing on mental health first aid uh, training for all of us. And I feel uh, personally like I've just missed the boat. I mean, I've I know all this first aid from. 30, 40 years ago that I learned even, you know, before I hit my teens, you know, before I hit 13, I knew all this stuff. And now, but I know very, very little about mental health first aid. So that's a powerful message. We're very lucky to have you on today, David. I really appreciate the time that you've given us and and the education you've given us and myself as well. And And I'm very excited, to promote this opportunity that you've just told us about in the break. I'm a little bit flabbergasted, and I I really appreciate your generosity. So in this mental health series that we're doing, David is allowing one listener from each of the episodes to attend one of his standard mental health first aid trainings, which are valued at about $330 for free. So, all you need to do is go to our Facebook page at Change the World with Matt McQuidley, M C Q U I N L E Y, or at the Radio Italia Uno Facebook page and put in your name and phone number, email, or some way that we can contact you to apply. And we will randomly select one per week. So, great opportunity for our listeners. Thank you again, David, for being here Uh, and for your generosity. So we will be back next week, Monday at 6 p.m. Adelaide time. Please join us then. And as always, I will leave you with a short inspirational message. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East,
2: our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding will listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else elders insurance adelaide east is a family owned and run business with italian tradition which is built on honesty integrity and trust make an appointment today and go and see tony and the team at elders insurance adelaide east 54 to 56 kensington road rose park or telephone 8364 9477 we're an authorized representative of elders insurance underwriting agency proprietary limited elders insurance underwritten by qbe insurance australia limited
0: did you know that podcast city can record your podcast right here in the studios of radio italia uno on our professional recording equipment Podcast City can also come to your location with our mobile studio. We can record just your audio or work with you to plan, record, edit, and distribute your podcast to your audience. If you would like to find out more and receive a free podcast startup checklist or book a time to record your podcast, call Radio Italia Uno on 821 or go to podcastcity.com.au. Podcast City, podcasting the easy way,
1: You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello, and welcome back to Change the World with Matt McQuinley. We're here with David Moran, CEO of Mental Health Partners. And in the little bit of time that we have left, David, I would like to discuss, I'd like to jump back to a discussion we had previously about how even the, the bottom third most healthy people Uh, with schizophrenia, the ones that are doing the best managing the disorder are still every few years are going to have a serious episode. And I just think about that, and I look at and and I just kind of think about that with those people with awe, thinking, "Wow, they're overcoming this obstacle. They're cruising along, great. And then, boom, they have that obstacle again, and they're cruising along, and boom, they've got that obstacle again. So every two or three years, it's like they've got to rebuild or pick up the pieces of this catastrophe that occurred in their life. And to me, it seems like it would be so hard for them to have." a good support network that would stick with them through all that. So what is available for the loved ones and good friends, relatives, whatever, of somebody with schizophrenia? And yeah, again, I just, I'm just in awe of their ability Mm. to bounce back after each one of these episodes, which they know are coming and there's nothing they can do to avoid.
3: Yeah. It's a really important point. And talking to a young man who lives with schizophrenia, just yesterday, and he was saying one of the things that he finds helps him is for him to be able to talk to everybody around him, his family, his friends, and let them know how he feels about his schizophrenia. And one of the things he talks about is you don't get a break from it. You might spend long periods feeling very, very well, but you know what's coming. There's no cure and even if you behave exceptionally well, you see your doctor, you take all your medication, you exercise, you eat well, you practice whatever psychological education skills you've got, you know it's coming and he, he says this is one of the, the things that's really helped his family learn and be with him is that he really passionately works on being the best he can be during the good times because he does know what's coming and he knows it's going to be tough and he knows it's going to be difficult for his family. And as long as they are working hard to be the best that they can be while he's well, then it makes it easier for them to deal with what they know are going to be very difficult moments for him. And this is, The other reason that I always talk about mental health first aid and the need for everybody to be trained because the reality is you are 10 times more likely to encounter a person with a mental illness than you are with a physical illness. And yet 45% of adult Australians have had some physical first aid training, 45%. And less than five percent of adult Australians have had any mental health training. So that's why I'm out there every day giving people this information, so that they can feel better about themselves and their partners, their friends, people they know with these illnesses, and really
1: help. Wow, I could see why you would feel that's a mission. That's 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 amazing, an amazing statistic. Mm-hmm. I just want to reiterate two big takeaways that I got from today for our audience. One is the deep respect that I have now for people with schizophrenia, when they've got this sword of Damocles hanging over their head, and they still get up every day and live their best life and try to be the, the best of their best selves. And the second thing is, is the point you just made that, gosh, as a society, we need to really start focusing on mental health first aid uh, training for all of us. And I feel uh, personally like I've just missed the boat. I mean, I've I know all this first aid from. 30, 40 years ago that I learned even, you know, before I hit my teens, you know, before I hit 13, I knew all this stuff. And now, but I know very, very little about mental health first aid. So that's a powerful message. We're very lucky to have you on today, David. I really appreciate the time that you've given us and and the education you've given us and myself as well. And, and I'm very excited, to promote this opportunity that you've just told us about in the break. I'm a little bit flabbergasted, and I I really appreciate your generosity. So in this mental health series that we're doing, David is allowing one listener from each of the episodes to attend one of his standard mental health first aid trainings, which are valued at about $330 for free. So, all you need to do is go to our Facebook page at Change the World with Matt McQuidley, M C Q U I N L E Y, or at the Radio Italia Uno Facebook page and put in your name and phone number, email, or some way that we can contact you to apply. And we will randomly select one per week. So, great opportunity for our listeners. Thank you again, David, for being here and for your generosity. So we will be back next week, Monday at 6 p.m. Adelaide time. Please join us then. And as always, I will leave you with a short inspirational message. I'd like to tell you today about a story about a young man whose father died when he was five years old. He was left to cook and look after his two younger siblings. His mother remarried at age nine. But then his stepfather died at age 10. At age 10, he went to work as a farmhand. At age 12, his mother remarried again, but he had a very bad relationship with his stepfather. At 13, he dropped out of seventh grade, left home, and moved away and got a job painting horse carriages. At 14, he moved again and worked again as a farmhand. At 16, he moved again and got a job as a conductor on a train. At 16, he faked his and enlisted in the Army, but he left at age 17. After the Army, he got a job as a blacksmith. Two months later, he moved again, got a job cleaning out the ash pans on trains. He progressed in this job up to the point where he was a fire stoker. He did that for three years, but then he was fired for insubordination. At 19, he married and had three children. One of his children died at age 20. He studied law by correspondence. He moved again, got a job as a fire stoker again, lost his job again for fighting with one of his co-workers, moved again, and he practiced law for three years. He destroyed his legal career while getting in a fight in a courtroom with his own client. So he had to move back with his mother at age 26. After living with his mother for a while, he moved again and got a job at an insurance company. He was fired for insubordination. At age 30, he established a ferry boat company. At age 32, he got a job at the Chamber of Commerce. He resigned a year later, less than a year later, because he just wasn't very good at the job. He sold his ferry boat company, opened a business making lamps, business failed. He moved again. He became a salesman for Michelin Tire Company. At 34, he lost his job. At 34, he was asked to run a service station. At the age of 40, the station closed. At the age of 40, he moved again. He was offered a station rent-free. He just had to give a percentage of the profits to the home company. But in that position, he was involved in a shootout with a competitor over a sign. The competitor shot someone else and killed him and was charged with murder, eliminating his competition. At the age of 49, his restaurant and motel burned down. At age 50, he rebuilt his hotel with a 140-seat restaurant. By the age of 51, he had to close it. He then ran cafeterias for the government. At age 57, his marriage fell apart. At age 59, he remarried. At age 62, he tried to open another restaurant, selling his recipe as a franchise. He went to 1,009 restaurants and was turned down. The 1,000th and 10th restaurant finally said yes. He went into this restaurant as a franchise or in partnership with the owner, Three years later, he had to sell out because a highway that was being built rerouted all the traffics away from his restaurant. At this point, at the age of 65, all he had to his name was $105 a month that he received from the government as a social security pension. So he set out on the road again, often sleeping in the back of his car, driving around the country, trying to sell his recipe to anyone who would buy it. By the age of 72, he got a patent for it. By the age of 73, he sold his business for $2 million. In today's dollars, over 13 million. Of course, this man was Harlan Sanders, or as he's more widely known, Colonel Sanders of Kentucky Fried Chicken, which at the time of his death had over 6,000 locations in 48 countries. By 2013, it had 18,000 locations in 118 countries. What do we learn from his struggles? Well, one thing we learn is success can come at any time. I heard once the difference between a big shot and a little shot is a big shot is a little shot that just kept on shooting. So success can come at any time. It's never too late. The other thing we learned is as always, that there are two kinds of people. There's the kind of person who will give up when faced with an obstacle, who will give up when faced with adversity, who will give up when things look tough. And then there's the kind of person that will decide to succeed and will succeed no matter what the obstacle, no matter what the adversity, no matter what the situation. And the question is always is, which one are you?